Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Good morning and welcome to another show of Jack and Payne with myself, Jack Rio, and of course, Australian cricket captain, Tim Payne. And as every week, it is thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist. Payne, how are things down in the Apple Isle, mate? Morning, Jack. Uh, things couldn't be happier down in the Apple Isle, I wouldn't have thought, given the, the last few days. Uh, time frame around an AFL team, uh, exciting news early next year, and of course, two massive finals, AFL finals in Tasmania. So at the moment, Tasmanian sports fans are buzzing, it's absolutely buzzing. Certainly would be buzzing down there with, uh, as you mentioned, the two AFL finals. I can't believe I'm saying it. We sort of flagged it a little while ago, and even our man Flash Lithgow flagged it last week. The game, he, 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 I think he guessed, to money. be honest. He definitely guessed, but he was on the money. Swans, Giants, and of course, the mighty Essendon Football Club will be taking on the Western Bulldogs in the two elimination finals at UTAS Stadium up in Launceston. Now, Payne, you are a Bombers supporter. Will you be making the trip up to... I am making the trip. I've got a huge Sunday plan with three mates. We're going to drive up early, have uh, have breakfast in Campbelltown. Where are you going to go in Campbelltown? Is it a Banjo's job? I think it's a Banjo's job. We don't want to get too stuck in... um, Yeah, I think you just get in, get your coffee. If you get stuck there, you might not make it to the the game. There's (laughs) going to be that many people driving up from Hobart. So we're looking at a quick stopover, find somewhere close... Uh, to York Park or Utah Stadium as it is now. Maybe one quiet beer just to settle the nerves because we haven't been in a final for a long time, Jack, us Eston boys. So we're, we're excited. Um, and then I think we'll just see where the night takes us after that. So planning to stay up, up there after the game? Is that, the, is that what you're thinking? No, I don't think so, unfortunately. Uh, we left it probably too late. Uh, prices went up. I'm also carrying a little bit of an injury as we've spoken about off air. So I, I need to get back early Monday and back into my rehab. So... Um, I'll, I've been allowed to have the one beer. Yep. I might have two. I'll have one before just to settle the nerves and one if we win. And then um, got uh, Harrison Agent's own, actually, Tom Triffitt driving me back. So I'll be making the most of that. You'll be in enemy territory up there. Will you drink Cascade while you're in Launceston or do you sip into a oh. bit of Bogues draft? I, I won't be touching the Bogues. I'm a Cascade <laughs> man through and through. I'm not sure what the porridge rights are at the ground. Um, but look, we'll have to, we'll have to make do. Um, as I said, it's been a long wait for Bombers fans and... And Tasmania, last time, the, the, obviously the Hawthorne game up there, it was like a home game. So um, can't wait. Saw it on telly. It uh, looked unbelievable. Can't wait to get up there and, and see what a finals atmosphere looks like in Tasmania. Well, the people are voting with their feet and with their pockets, of course, the game. Both games uh, were sold out in a matter of, well, a matter of minutes, really. Both sides have, uh, have uh, obviously played down there a lot. Sydney actually have the uh, AFL games record in terms of uh, final, uh, sorry, attendance with a Hawthorne game a few years back. And, of course, you mentioned that game against Essendon, Hawthorne yep. and Essendon, uh, a month ago, which was certainly 
packed to the brim at Utah Stadium. And we are very, very lucky. We've been pushing this on our socials, Payne. Um, the fact that we've got a double pass, a double pass to the Essendon and Bulldogs game for the person who's come up with the best uh, first banner for when the yep. AFL side, our AFL side, the Tasmanian AFL side, Makes it's been plenty debut. coming through too, isn't plenty, it? We've had plenty of love on the on the socials. And you did mention the fact that we have found out, we've been talking about the Colin Carter report now for a while. We've actually got what, what we wanted. We wanted a decision um, yep. on when Tip. it was going to come out. So we're talking early 2021. That must be, uh, well, it's it's certainly, it's great news. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I'll tell you who deserves the biggest tick so far is the Premier. He has been sensational. He's held firm on this the whole way through. He's been very clear. Very strong with the AFL. Um, I think after the initial, probably just that slight disappointment after the Carter review was sort of pushed back and, as he said, kick down the can to then go back in, sit Gill down again, eyeball him and get him right where he wanted. Plus the additional two home finals, he's done a terrific job. So he, he gets the biggest tick. I think the other one is is the guys on the task force. They've obviously put together an unbelievable business case. Um, it's got to the point now where it, it just can't be ignored any longer. So um, Tasmanian AFL fans... Cannot wait to, to hear what's going to happen early next year. Time frame, decision. We've got banners sorted. It's, it's ready to go. So it's, it's absolutely huge news for Tasmanian football fans. Um, and, yeah, this weekend, I suppose, kicks it off with two huge finals, which uh, everyone's looking forward to going up to Launceston and, and having a look at. Well, I'm glad you've mentioned the Premier there. And here is uh, him making that announcement in Parliament during the week. I'm also very pleased to announce it this morning that after further discussions with the AFL and Mr McLaughlin over the past week, we've now reached agreement on the time frame for a decision on a Tasmanian licence, Mr Speaker. The decision for a Tasmanian AFL licence will, will be once and for all made next year in line with the finalisation of the funding model for the AFL industry for the 23 and 24 seasons, and this will be finalised during the 22 season, I would hope, early in the season, Mr Speaker. The AFL and the state government worked through the matters raised in the Carter report ahead of the final position to be put to club presidents for a decision once and for all on a Tasmanian licence, Mr Speaker. Hear, 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 hear. Just hear, hear, par- all right. Parliament's a bit rough, isn't it? They get sort of... It is. Let him say it. Someone's going to ask, ask about Hawthorne. Who cares about Hawthorne yeah. at the moment? We've got the... Uh, we've got what we wanted. We've got, a, obviously, the report that says the, li- the 19th licence is viable and we've also got a timeline as well. In terms of the yeah. voting, we've spoken about this. It'll, it'll come down to the 18 current presidents voting. Um, and, I mean, the question will be asked is, why, why would a president vote for an, an AFL team to come in, another a 19th AFL team to come in, Payne? Have you got any thoughts around that? I don't. I, I'm, that was one of the questions I had written down. What, what are we going to be lobbying for? If you're walking in to sit down with club presidents... What what are we selling to them? I did hear um, Jared Waitley, who you hosted AFL 360 with during the week, that last night, I don't know where he gets this information from, Jared, but he's really wrong. He said that if, if the vote was taken today, it would be 9-9. Right. Is that, is so, that a positive? Do you, you take that as a positive? I think that's a positive. Yeah, I would so have thought we'd be miles back yep. further than that. So I'm looking at now you've got six to 18 months to lobby three, maybe four, to get get you the number that you need, and and the other thing I think he touched on, which is really important, is that it's a they'll be encouraged as you know to make it as a visionary vote. So to look past COVID, the next couple of years we've got, as he touched on, with the revenue sharing models or whatever it is for the for the AFL for the next few years, that's going to be set up now. So look past that, look past the COVID troubles, look into you know the beyond the horizon kind of stuff, and and look at how's this league going to shape up in the next 
five or six years. So that's going to be difficult for some clubs given the current environment, but it means now we've got time, as we said, if it is at 9-9 nine, nine or even close to that, I think that's a huge positive. It gives uh, the Premier and the task force and whoever's involved in that lobbying with those presidents a bit of time to, to sell our vision and, um, and get enough votes to get this 19th licence and standalone Tasmanian team. Well, ex, uh, ex-Collingwood President Eddie Maguire was very strong on this. Um, he's been a, a real advocate for, for Tasmanian football as well. And he spoke about what presidents would want to see on Footy Classified. I would not be putting my hand up if I was a president of a football club until I found out where the ground is going to be. So the Tasmanian government have got a bit of homework to do. There's a so plan that, for a, a state-of-the-art stadium in Hobart. Yeah, and I want to know who's paying for it, how much it is, and when it starts being built before you let them in. Let's talk about That's that, Payne. I, I, I think Eddie's a, a, a reasonable person and, and a very good businessman as well. So, like, like Jeez, he wasn't real reasonable with me a few years back in the BBL, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. <laughs> you're, 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 sorry, I've forgotten <laughs> about that. Um, for the people that don't know Hobart very well, the proposed site is, yep. uh, is Macquarie, uh, Macquarie Point. Um, yep. And uh, I think a 30,000 stadium, possibly indoor as well. It is right in the heart of the city. It would be a, it would be a big win for for obviously the the push um, for the team, uh, but it'd also be a big win for cricket as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I think it'll just be a big win for the state. I think if you can get a state of the art facility right in the middle of town, I think Adelaide is the best um, the best showing of that. If if you can have something that's close enough to your city that people can walk in and out of your city, it, it's it, it's win win. You get great crowds to the sport, you get great crowds to concerts, you're filling your city up, so it's great for small business. And obviously Tassie, that whole waterfront um, area that we've touched on in, in Macquarie Point would just be buzzing right through to Salamanca. You can imagine a Friday night game there with work crowd and um, the ferries on the Derwent back and forth. It, it would just be an absolute picture. So I mean, I can see it working. It's obviously going to cost a hell of a lot of money. Um, but again, I can't believe that that uh, the Premier and Gill haven't sat down and discussed at some length who's funding what. I don't think they've just gone, oh, we'll, we'll go ahead. I think that discussion's taken place behind closed doors. They've come to some sort of agreement or ballpark decision on how much the government's going to have to put in, what it's going to look like. Um, that's been good enough to, for Gill, I suppose, to tick off and, and then be able to take it to the to the presidents of the 18 clubs. There's a big corporate backing down there in Tasmania. Surely we could uh, end up with... Um who, who who would be a like Cascade Stadium? That'd be decent, oh, wouldn't it? Or TT Line. TT. No, TT Line would be well, a, a big, big sponsor. Blunston Arena. We could just we could just roll it across the river. You reckon Blunston Arena too, like the Spirit One and Spirit yep. Two? But uh, we could have them both. I think Blunston. <laughs> I mean, I could be speaking completely out of school here, but I think Blunston Arena becomes your Tasmanian Football Club training facility, yep. and Macquarie Point becomes where the games are played, where the AFL games are played, where the Big Bash games are played. Uh, Shield cricket and AFL training stays at Blunston. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. Wait but Jack, obviously your week been slightly different. First time in a long time, Richmond out of the finals. Can you talk us through what it's looked like? I thought maybe a Zoom ad Monday for the Tigers. You've had an exit <laughs> meeting. How, how does that work when you can't go into work? Uh, the boys haven't been able well, to get together meeting, at all. Yeah, well, the um, Zoom mad Monday didn't happen. Uh, so didn't no, happen? No, no. It's been, it's been very lonely at home. I've had a few glasses of... Uh, Pinot, a bit of Pooley actually, Pooley wines. I've been right. drinking their mad Richmond supporters and a Pooley down Excellent. there um, just out of Richmond um, in Tasmania. So I've been drinking a little bit of Pooley Pinot. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been a, a really interesting week. Had a couple of beers after the game to celebrate, obviously, the, the careers of uh, David uh, David Asprey um, and Basha Hawley and just the end Basha. of the season and then just 
headed home, headed home, and um, the uh, then I had an exit interview. So um, as every player does, you have an exit meeting. Came into uh, was that in person or did you? Yeah, no, I got a we've got a working permit work system. Permit? I got my work yep. permit to go into work and uh, have my exit meeting, which was which was interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, it's it's always a weird one because you sort of. You've got an idea of how you've played. The coaches have got a bit of an idea of how you played, and you sort of hope that they they marry up a little bit. But for older players like myself, um, you start talking about a little bit more about direction and and uh, where you yep. want the club, where the club can go, where we can get better. Um, even possibly talking about additions to the, to the football club in in coaching and in obviously the player list as well. So. Um, I, I think who, every, who leads that discussion in, in AFL? Is that is that you, do you go and present on your season, and they give you something that they want to hear from you, or do they hit you with it and then you kind of react? It's a little bit fluid, I suppose. It's um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the player obviously speaks about how they think they went, um, and then your, your line coach. Um, and I've had two line coaches this year because we had a swap halfway through the year to Andrew McWalter, who um, who started off the year as the forwards coach and then went into. Um, sort of more offensive ball movement and Xavier Clark as well who, who finished off the year coaching the forwards and then Damien Hardwick's obviously in there as well a couple of um, our key sort of football ops people and then yeah. our fitness staff as well so you, you go through everything you go through um, how, how you've held up in terms of body wise uh, they look at how much game time you've played um, training loads and all that sort of stuff and then and then it's a, a, a bit much a plan for, for what it's going to look like going forward but as I mentioned as you've developed a little bit of a, um, or spent time at the at the club, sort of they they can become very sort of on repeat. Um, so yeah, you, then you then you're looking more at, at what's the next step forward for us. So we're we're really excited about um, changing not, not changing direction, but just having some time to regenerate, um, come up with some new ideas, and then hit the season next year um, running and, and getting back to pre-season, which is one thing not of our, a lot of our young guys have actually done due to the fact that yeah. we've had restricted um, restricted pre-seasons with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, what do you reckon happened at Colton then? With David <laughs> Teague obviously just being sacked, but you've had a number of guys has been reported have been through and had a an exit meeting of their own with I a think coach all the coach who was sacked. I think all the players did. Every yeah. player? Every player went through. Well, bar one. I know I did 360 with Eddie Betts on Tuesday night and... Um, I'd seen him the day before uh, for something else for, for Fox Football and um, he said he was off to his exit review and I was like, well, hang on, how does that work? What do, what do you, one, you're retiring um, and in the end he, he came clean that he just went in there and got his medical and got straight out and didn't end up having his, his exit review. So uh, it'd be an interesting time. It's an interesting time at the, at the Carlton Football Club and um, yeah, it's, uh, you, you wouldn't it's know what to do. Complete yeah. and utter mess, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't so, been too many worse handled situations than than the David Teague one. I, I wouldn't have thought. If you go back through the sacking of AFL coaches over the over the journey, I think this one takes the cake. It's been a good two-month lead-up. Worst kept secret of all time. No support. And then even the last few days you hear that potentially even players that he thought were on his team have, have probably turned their back on him. So it was a, a sad, sad end for David, David Teague and the Colton Footy Club. Of course, with all those things, um, I mean, there's obviously the initial shock of, of losing a coach. But um, I mean, it's uh, you look forward now to the next person to come in, um, breathe something different into a football club when something like this happens. I mean, they're they're arguably the biggest the biggest news agenda items, coach sackings, and they um, they bring hope though as well. That's the other thing they they bring someone else new in, fresh faces, and it, and it brings hope to the fans. So. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in that space. Um, and of course, the first game of the season, hopefully next year, will be 2022, Richmond v Carlton at the MCG. In front Thursday of, night. In front of a very, very, very big crowd. Let's say we're hopefully we're at nearly That's 100%. Well, Paney, we have got a massive show today. Uh, later in the show, of course, your uncle, Robert Shaw. And we're not getting him big on. Rob. Just, not just because he's your uncle, but he's uh, in the uh, Tasmanian AFL Hall of Fame. Uh, he also has a very strong Essendon connection there, which no doubt is why you go for Essendon. Uh, we'll be chatting to the AFL Tasmania CEO, Damon Gill. Uh, we'll also be chatting to our hat-trick man, Nathan Ellis, who's been named as an emergency for the T20 World Cup. What a gig. What a what gig. What a gig. Travelling emergency. <laughs> Travelling emergency. Thanks for coming. Uh, and, uh, of course, our weekly guest, David Flash Lithgow. And, as I mentioned, off the top, we will be giving away that double pass to the Dogs v Bombers game. Up next, though, after the break, AFL Tasmania CEO, Damon Gill. This is Jack and Paney, right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Paney right here on SEN Hobart and, of course, right around the country on the SEN app. Well, Paney, our next guest is, well, he's arguably the, arguably, sorry, the most important person in football in Tasmania, and that, of course, is the AFL Tasmania CEO, Damien Gill. Damien, thanks for joining us here on SEN. Thanks, Paney. Great to be on. Mate, uh, big week. Um, big week. Two sold-out AFL finals. Um, did you ever dream that when you picked up this job uh, a bit over a year ago that you'd be in charge of two AFL finals in the Apple Isle? Uh, short answer is no. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I've been um, sort of chatting all week with people about, in terms of sporting events in Tassie, where does this sit? And uh, bouncing around with the David Ingram, our historian who, who does bits and pieces, particularly around the Hall of Fame, reckons the only things that come closer around uh, Tassie beating Victoria um, in 1960 and 1990, and perhaps the first ever VFL match for Premiership points way back in 1952 at North Hobart. So, uh, to say it's historic is an understatement, and uh, yeah, it's just a real treat. Uh, when we thought we'd have one, um, I was delighted to get two, and the quality of matchups that we've got on show, um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm not surprised tickets sold out uh, in a mere matter of hours. Yeah, mate. Um, just logistically, I think some people are probably wondering why both games are being in, being played in Launceston. Can you explain to the listeners why that that was decided? Yeah, and I've uh, filtered a lot of those calls from uh, mates that are uh, at the southern end of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, I can understand people. It's a bit of an eyebrow raiser for people from the south, but um, there's a lot that goes into putting these games on show and um, to have one venue that's able to house it all um, and have it all set up for a weekend um, makes it a whole lot easier from particularly a COVID point of view, but also broadcast because the teams aren't flying in, flying out the same day, uh, just adds a layer of complexity. So to have it all in one place, um, yeah, it was just the right way to go on this occasion. So uh, a bit of a shame for people from Hobart, but I I think uh, Campbelltown will get a fair old workout. Uh, Zeps will sell out of most things, I think, on the way through. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, well, I certainly, Tim, Tim Payne's already stated that he'll be going to Banjos on the way up there to uh, go and watch his mighty bombers. Now, this, uh, the crowd has been capped at 10,000. Yeah. What are the chances of you getting Gutwin on the blower and saying, hey, can we can we push it up a little bit? Because we have seen bigger crowds up there um, recently. Uh, is there is there a chance we may see a late increase? I don't think so. Um, I, I'd love to be wrong, but I, I think they'll be um, sticking at the 10,000 at this point in time. And it's a bit of a tricky one because part of me really wants to um, push and push and push and get it up as high as we can. But um, the other part of me also looks at what the Tassie government's done around COVID um, with real admiration. And uh, I'm not in the business of second-guessing our public health people because they've done a terrific job. But, uh, yeah, if we could squeeze in a few more, I'd like it. Um, because the 10,000 sold out uh, pretty much straight away. But, yeah, I, I think they'll be more on the cautious end if I was guessing, Jack. Right, yeah, yeah Gil, now, cool. just projecting forward, mate, to next week, have you yeah. had any discussions with the AFL and are we a chance to host another final next week? And if so, can we get the Bombers to Bell Reeve if they do win? <laughs> They've got to win first, um, yep. Payne, and I reckon that I'm might confident. be a... I reckon that might be a problem. Oh, albeit, oh. I reckon the Didn't you watch uh, us against them a few crowd, weeks ago. <laughs> Launceston crowd will be virtually a home crowd for it the Dons. Be. I reckon um, they'll be up and about. Um, yeah, no, I've been involved in uh, conversations throughout the week, and Tassie's firmly in the mix for future footy. It just depends on a range of things, and as I'm sure you can both understand, it's a bit of a moving feast at the moment when it comes to COVID nineteen and. Um, it's more about sort of the flow-on impact, so what that means for the week thereafter and the week thereafter that, um, particularly if the grand final has to move uh, to WA. So um, watch this space, but uh, uh, we'll put on a good show this weekend. I'm confident of that, and then it might make us uh, a little bit more of an attractive proposition for the, for the week following. Yeah. If that final was to be played the, the week following, and from what I've been hearing is that um, that, that will, no side will return back to Victoria. So there's a, there is a good chance that if results go the right way, there will be a game in Tasmania, a semi-final. What are the chances are we having, like, is Bell Reeve more of an option then or is it still back to the same question of leaving everything? Because it's, it's come down to TV broadcasters and moving the truck. Will it stay at, at UTAS? I think... Um... Travis Hall the other day say that um, at the moment as an AFL community we just need options and Tassie's options and I think the good thing is we have two options so while Launceston and York Park's in use this weekend um, I don't see why there's any reason we couldn't look at Bell Reef um, for the weekend after if um, things unfolded that way Um, yeah I might just steal a cliche I'm sure you've trotted out uh, many times over your career, Jack. Uh, we'll just take it one week at a time. Um, see <laughs> mate, see how this Mate, I'm already goes. forecasting for the grand final. I asked in, in episode one, we had Peter Gutwin for on. For Blunston. For Blunston. I asked right. in episode one, are we going to make a play for the AFL grand final? And as states continually fall over, it is. Well, it's not, yeah. it's not out of the realms of possibilities that we could be playing the AFL grand final at Blunston Arena. We'd need a few things to obviously go wrong for other states, which we certainly don't wish upon them. But it's uh, we, we really have come from the clouds in terms of um, we'll, there's another football agenda we will talk to you in a second. But we've gone from possibly being told we can't have a licence, now we can have a licence, and now we're hosting AFL finals, turning into the powerhouse state of AFL in my eyes. 
Yeah, centre of the footy universe, and uh, that's the way it should be, I reckon. Um, but yeah, oh well, never say never. I was a little flat yesterday when I saw that it was sort of locked in Perth as the backup. I thought, oh, maybe we were half a sniff, but um, no, it's uh, yeah. Well, wait and see. As I say, let's put on a good show this weekend, and I'm sure we will. Um, I was up there for the Hawthorne Essendon game earlier on in the year, and uh, the Essendon fans were uh, ferocious on that occasion. So I reckon your boys will be up and about, Timmy. Yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere. There's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm actually happy to keep the footy finals up in Lonnie, Jack, for now. I, I wouldn't mind starting to see the roller out at Blunston Arena. We're getting <laughs> close to cricket season. Uh, and it, it often does enough anyway, so it's time to get the roller out there. Flatten but it out. Flatten it right out. Um, but, mate, your reaction, I suppose, to the timeline and the decision um, going to be made early next year on the Tasmanian licence, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, obviously really positive developments over recent weeks. I think... Um, First and foremost, the actual Colin Carter report um, itself, anyone that's actually read it in detail, and I've read it um, three times now, I thought it was so good. Um, it's really, really positive for Tasmania and actually talks about more than just one option, talks through three options, which um, for a long time, I don't think we had an option at all. So um, really, really positive, and the conversations have obviously unfolded from there. So... Uh, we're in a we're in a good space when it comes to Tasmanian footy finals here. Um, having meaningful conversations around a license, um, we've also had a pickup in participation off the back of a COVID year where we were really disrupted from a playing point of view. So we've bounced back to numbers above 2019. So uh, there's a lot of things that are going well in Tassie footy at the moment. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. One of those factors in Tasmanian football, which is remained and connected us to, to the AFL system um, has been the, the sponsorships of the Hawthorne and, and North Melbourne Football Club. It's been a bit of a, um, well, a political point that the Peter Gutwin's made in terms of not committing to those contracts without knowing that timeline and the date that the timeline is going to be set. Uh, have, you got a, have you got any thoughts or have you got any uh, information on, on where those two contracts sit now that we have got the timeline and will they be renewed and can we expect Hawthorne and North Melbourne to be hosting games down south next year? I'd expect them to be renewed and I'd expect games to take place next year in Tassie. I think um, those conversations will um, pick up in earnest right away now that um, the timeline piece has been squared away with uh, Peter Gutwin and Gill. So I, I think, um, which, which is great, I don't think we're at risk of not seeing footy content in the state from an AFL point of view next year, which... Um, may have been a conversation at one point. I think uh, both Hawthorne and North Melbourne are dead keen to, to get on with talks. So I'd expect that'll be cleaned up pretty nice and quickly. Yeah, mate. Now, also, we've got three young boys from um, from Tassie, Sam Banks, uh, Baker Smith, both from Clarence, and Will Splan um, from North Hobart. They've got the AFL Combine coming up. How have um, AFL Tasmania been supporting and, and helping them navigate what's coming up for them? Yeah, it's been a it's been a frustrating year for our boys um, in the Devils program and involved with the NAB League. It's been a bit stop start. They got a decent run of it at the start, um, but obviously the last little period because of the events in Victoria, it's it's been a bit disjointed, which is frustrating. But lo- luckily, they've had local footy to go back to and, and play with their TSL clubs, which is fantastic. But Sam Banks for a long period um, has applied himself really, really well. Um, He's a natural leader and I'd be stunned if we don't sort of hear him in draft contention. Uh, Baker Smith's equally been really, really good, particularly for Clarence this year. And Will Splane's one that's emerged more on the the latter half of the year. Um, 
he's actually drawn a few Jack Rewalt c- comparisons. So um, really? uh, must be a gun. Uh, yes, yes. He, uh, <laughs> he they played an intra club the other week, 1970s, and he and he kicked a bag and looked the dominant player on the ground. So uh, really strong set of hands, um, footy smarts, yeah, ability to play both ends of the ground. So um, yeah, no, Splenny's one that's come out of the box and, and looking really jab. good. Jab's so yeah, the... played back. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played back uh, 2000 and. Five, I reckon, for Tasmania at yeah. the national championships, and and it makes me feel old because I actually played against Will Splann's old man as well. He might have played. <laughs> I him think here. I was running against him. <laughs> he played him well. here a couple of times. <laughs> Gilly, the last time before we leave, mate, and thank you for for joining us, mate. We really do appreciate it. Uh, local footy wise, who's going to win the who's going to win the flag in the TSL? It's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, year, and probably an interesting last fortnight with the the Clarence result against Launceston and uh, Kingborough as well. Um, so participating in finals for the first time for a while, do we sort of is it fate to complete that North Launceston will continue to to win, or where do you see that one lying at the moment? I think Launceston are the team to beat. Um, I think for a large period of the, the season, it looked like there was a fairly sizable gap between Launceston and the rest. But then Dylan Riley, who will still win the Hudson Medal um, despite doing his ACL with five or so rounds to go. Uh, that sort of impacted them a little bit without Dill in their forward 50. But I think come finals, Mitch Thorpe will get them going. And I, I think they'll be too good. Um, Clarence are probably my pick for anyone else. Um, I think if they can get it all working, albeit they've got a few injury worries, um, their best footy is probably the closest to Launceston. But it will be fascinating. I think uh, the top four of all at different stages looked really, really strong this season. Tigers have probably uh, been, in some ways, the story of the season, some of the footy that's emerged from uh, down south at the Twin Ovals. So, yeah, no, it would be a cracker, but I'd I'd be picking Lonnie, unfortunately, for you guys, being Clarence guys. <laughs> well, Gilly, I'm disappointed to hear that, but uh, the ruse are coming good at the right time. Mate, uh, thank you for joining us. It is a massive week, and no doubt you're probably the busiest man in Tasmanian football this week, setting up for the, those two AFL finals. I still kick myself when I'm talking about this. It's such an amazing thing for Tasmania footy. But Gilly, thanks for joining us on SEN Hobart. Thank you, boys. Cheers. Well, there we go, Payne, the CEO of AFL Tasmania, Damien Gill, and rapt to hear what he's got to say. Uh, right after the break, we'll have more. Thanks, Alex. Well, Jack, great to have Gilly on. Busy man. Lots happening in Tassie footy. Yeah, there'll be people asking for tickets left, right, and centre. I know that firsthand what it's like they when they get a sniff. No doubt you sent a message his way to get a ticket. How did you get your tickets this weekend? Uh, I got mine from uh, James Henderson. You I, a member? I won't give up his sources, but. Are you a member? I'm not a member. Oh, my gosh. There you I'm go. I'm ashamed there's, to say. There's it. probably Essendon members down there that aren't going to the footy. There is. Which is disappointing. Yeah, but anyway, moving on from that, Jack. Thanks, mate. I'm not a member. But later this hour, we'll be giving away the double pass to the Dogs and Essendon Clash. Plus, up next, we'll be chatting with Australian cricketer Nathan Ellis, who has an amazing story on his pathway to representing Australia. And, of course, a hat-trick on on debut. This is Jack and Paney on SEN. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, the Tasmanian real estate specialist. Now, Jack, we've been talking about this bloke on our show for a few weeks. He's been in quarantine. We've now managed to track him down and get him back 
We've got him live in the studio here at Bloodstone Arena, actually. We've got Australian cricketer and hat-trick hero, Nathan Ellis. Big Ellie, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for having me. Now, mate, you've, you've gone in the history books in the last few weeks. You've become the first man ever to take a hat-trick on T20 debut, international debut, and the second Australian ever, obviously, behind Damien Fleming, who I think's reached out and, and made you sign the papers in the hat-trick club. <laughs> yep. uh, mate, talk us through it. What an exciting time. You went away as um, a travelling reserve, didn't expect to play, and then... 3.3 overs into your spell, you're, you're about to take a hat-trick. Talk us through that. Yeah, well, it was, it was one of those things. I was just stoked to get a game. Um, as you said, sort of went away not thinking I would be getting a game or even close to a game. It was sort of going to be a, a pre-season in the heat um, away from the cold uh, Tassie winter, which I was already nice stoked Nice place with. for it, Bangladesh too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I actually didn't bowl my best um, or as good as I would have liked in the first few overs. So, um, yeah, got into the last over and... Once I took the first one, it sort of happened really, really quickly. Um, so, yeah, crazy. Crazy to think back on now. The other club you've probably entered is you're probably one of the first blokes to ever tug a hat-trick and then be dropped. What's, what, <laughs> what, 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 what's happened there? Because I, I had to refresh my Twitter account after you'd taken the hat-trick and all of a sudden you're saying, that, oh, well, you weren't dropped, you were rested. Rested. That's it, the, yeah, the big R word. <laughs> What's happened there? There's surely, have you done something wrong after the game? You've got out and got on the source and done something naughty? You surely have done something. I wish. I wish there was a story, but being in lockdown in Bangladesh, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really um, spin-friendly wicket, which I think played a part. And, and by that stage, um, you know, they were trying to get as many games, um, as many guys a game as they could. So it was sort of just trying to get everyone a game. So yeah, I was uh, rested. Yep. Uh, not, not dropped, but um, yeah, I obviously would have preferred to play, but yeah, luckily I've got a game. Nicely answered, Earl. Now, Jack, I've actually heard he may have done something wrong. Oh, this really? is a little bit of an inside scoop here. Oh, here we go. Uh, now, I believe Nelly was at one stage gone on the field to just a subfield while someone came off, and yep. for those who don't know, Earl always wears the same watch. Do you, want to, give it a, well, do you want to give it a plug? Because I know you're after a sponsorship. Get it on there. You might get a sponsorship what, out of it. You never the, know. Uh, it's just the basic old Casio. Casio, um, right? I don't even, can't even really call it a superstition or anything, but I don't know, it's just always been it's become on there. one. Yeah. But anyway, so one of the things with with JL, he hates, he absolutely hates blokes who wear anything jewelry, jewelry related onto the cricket field. So poor old L's got no idea about this. No one's given him the heads up. He's gone out, taken a catch, got an absolute burst for it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was so stoked too because I, I got on for one over and I first time I've been on the park for Australia, first time I put on the clothes. Got out there and took a catch. I was so stoked and got off and got an absolute serve. So, um, yeah, a bit of an anti-climax. But fair to say, yeah, JL would be coaching the West Indies then, because those blokes running around with that much. Oh, imagine it, yeah, mate. Exactly he would, right. he would hate that. The other, yeah. um, mate, what's your pathway to, to international cricket? Because it, it is a remarkable story. Do you want to run us through how you've ended up and and uh, playing for Australia and, and what that journey's been like? Yeah, well, it's it's sort of been a, a long sort of roller coaster, I guess is the best way to put it. It's been, um, yeah, four four years now. I think I've been down in Tassie, and it was um, I was at the point in Sydney where I'd had I strung together three or four good first grade seasons, and and was sort of on the fringe. But with the the depth of talent in New South Wales, I was never really looking like getting a game. Um, so I finished my uni degree, and it was sort of um, time to to grow up and and get a real job or, or keep chasing the dream so um, pretty easy decision at the time um, moved down to Tassie um, and basically just tried to work part-time and juggled um, yeah work and, and trying to train um, both with the Taz guys and at my club Lindisfarne and uh, sort of strung together 
I think it was three or two seasons, two good seasons there. And at that point, I, I'd saved no money. I was, I was, you know, spending all my savings and I was done sort of thing, ready to go. And um, I sort of felt like I'd done what I could and it was time time to go back and, and start getting a career. And at that point, Griff, the head coach, called me and, and sort of just dangled the carrot and said, we haven't got a contract for you, but you can, you can you know, train the pre-season with us and if you, you're going all right, we'll, we'll play you. So, um, yeah, and just sort of with that pre-season... Um, it was actually really fortunate that the Bales was, c- was coming back from a so- shoulder injury at that point, so I spent the whole preseason bowling to him pretty much. And um, yeah, I sort of think he had a, a part in getting me my first games for for Tassie, and and from there it's literally it's happened so fast. It's all happened really really quickly, and Tassie into the big bash, and 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 yeah, fortunate enough to to get over to the West Indies and to Bangladesh. Well, I'm glad you've mentioned Adam Griffith and also been a bit tight there on the coin because the story did come up um, from the bloke who's sitting next to you, standing next to you on your left, uh, about a, an infamous phone call you had to make to Adam Griffith to let him know that you wouldn't make it to training due to the fact that you had no petrol in your car and no <laughs> money to pay for petrol. Is, is it true or has Payne been pulling our leg? Oh, I feel like this story has just grown legs <laughs> <laughs> over and over. It was funny. It's sort of like the, the the original quote I said was it was I came down and I didn't really like didn't really know how much everything cost cost uh, living outside of home and and just things like I was working just to pay off petrol and rent and literally that was all I was trying to work for. Um, but then it was funny that story's just grown and even last year in the Big Bash um, we are playing against the Stars and I think Stoinis Mark Stoinis smacked us everywhere and after after the game he shook my hand and he was he was like mate you bowled really well today and he's like come over here and he's like did I did I hear a story that you were sleeping in your car when you moved out <laughs> and I was like oh, I love it I keep adding to it every time I talk about it too Oh, I thought you were meant to say that he gave Never let the truth bucks. get in the way of a good story. <laughs> exactly right. God's sake. Uh, very good. Very now, mate, good. Moving, moving forward, you're obviously being picked now as a, as a travelling reserve. Um, I don't know what you've done. You've managed to do that twice, which is <laughs> absolutely staggering. The best job in cricket, Payne, he reckons. Yeah, same pay, less pressure. He's got no pressure, actually. But, um, mate, it must be exciting, obviously, to be now right around the cusp of um, the Australian team going to a World Cup, particularly given um, your background and, and how hard you've had to work to, to get to where you are. Absolutely. It was... I got the call from Bales on like day six of quarantine and I just assumed it was going to be the courtesy call and um, sort of say, you know, thanks but no thanks sort of thing. Um, but yeah, sort of to get that call up and, and you know, the whirlwind that's sort of been in the last month just getting in my, on my first Australian tour and now going to a World Cup, it, it just doesn't it doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth just yet. But um, yeah, I'm so stoked and... Um, yeah, can't wait to be a part of it. What's it, what's the goal? Is it is it just to get a game to to play, or is it just to go over there and soak up the inspe- experience, or do you expect to, to be playing and expect to be having an impact? I mean, sort of the training side of it is it's a really good opportunity for me to train around some of the big boys and, and, and learn um, and soak it up as much as I can. So that's probably the, the first and foremost goal for me because um, I think I sort of ha- if something has to go wrong for me to get a game there has to be an injury or or something of the like to get to get called into the squad um, so I've just sort of got to be ready um, so I think my uh, yeah my role is going to be just make sure keep an eye on someone like Dave Warner or Smith and make sure they have gloves and drinks and just serve them up pies mate <laughs> exactly. lob them on a length and let them hit you out of the park exactly right, get the yeah. YouTube clip ready of you taking uh, the hat trick and I'd be just sending that around every day to the coaches and players, <laughs> yeah. just reminding send them it to Bales yeah, send, it to, send it to Bales send it to everyone and just keep reminding them mate that hey I took a hat trick here once 
And was rested. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, anyway, El, um, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, it's been a hell of a journey. We've appreciated you coming on to share it with us. Uh, we look forward to watching um, your career develop. You've become, as you said, from someone who was just plugging away in club cricket to um, an absolute star for Tasmania in the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, up next, we'll announce who will be getting the tickets to the big game on Sunday afternoon, the Dogs versus the Bombers. Uh, and we'll be back after this break. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist. Well, Payne, it is time to announce the winner of the double pass to the Bulldogs v Essendon final at Utah Stadium. And you've been trying to wheeze your way in and get these tickets because you love a freebie. Um, I do, I do. But... Uh, I, I, uh, I tell you what, Jack, it's lit up our social media in the last few hours. Hasn't it? Hasn't exciting. It? Hasn't it? Fans hasn't have got around it. Uh, Rightio, Payne. Well, you, you can announce it. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I know you're very excited. Do you want me to read every, all top three will go? We'll go top very three. Quickly. Top three and then... I want Number to dr- three, we've got from the Caleb... Sarong fan account from Launceston to Lauderdale from Belrive Oval to Burnie let's stick it to the mainland one state united on our journey ooh I like that one you know what I like about that one I like slapping the mainlanders down I, I think it's yep same yeah, bonus points for that bonus points but Very good. Third that's place. number three Third place. number two is Jojo we could blame and shame at the time that it's taken but now Tazzy's here y'all should be shaken. Y'all should be shaken. It's not a y'all. Y'all. It's not a. We're not in Texas, but um, I don't mind the use of y'all. Actually. JoJo might be though. You yeah, never know. It's coming to my vocabulary. Thanks, JoJo. Bit. And yeah. number one. Number one. Jeez, that was a long drum roll. Oh, I didn't think that was going to stop. This is coming from Biff Plankchest. Biff Plankchest. At yeah nah. Oh, Biff, congratulations. You've won yourself a couple of tickets to the Essendon Western Bulldogs game. And this is what he's come up with. We like it. As you said, we like sticking it to the mainland. He's, he's clipped Gill here as well, which we like. They said we couldn't do it. Gill said it wouldn't last. But now that we've made it, Taddy's going to kick some ass. Go Devils. Go Devils. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, I'm sure we can organise that on the first banner, Payne, uh, for uh, Biff. Uh, Biff Plankchest and his, uh, his little plug there to put it on our uh, first yeah, banner. Nah. Uh, yeah, no. Nah. Well, Biff, a bit, congratulations on winning the tickets. Maybe a little bit of work on the Instagram handle name. Um, but, uh, mate, congratulations. Uh, you'll be heading off to the footy uh, this Sunday at York Park or Utah Stadium to watch the Dogs Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Play Essendon or Payne. See up you up there, Biff. Field. Go the Bombers. Yeah, Payne will be up there as well. Up next, Payne, though, your uncle Robert Shaw. Uh, and, of course, David Flash Lithgow, the number one real estate agent in Hobart. This is Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, 
Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome to another big hour of Jack and Payne with myself, Jack Revolt, and of course, Australian cricket captain Tim Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist, David Flash Lithgow, to join us later this hour to help us out previewing this week's weekend AFL finals up there at York Park and to tell us about everything else happening in Tasmanian sport. But right now, we are joined by, well, Tasmanian footballing royalty uh, and more importantly, Tim Payne's uncle, Robert Shaw. Shawry, how are you, mate? Hello, Jack. Hello, Timothy. How are you, uh, mate, it's a, a big week. We, we, when, when we found out that Essendon were going to be playing in Tasmania, we searched far and wide for someone who had a little bit of Essendon about him, and you certainly do have that, mate. Do, you, how excited are you that Essendon are going to be playing a final in Tasmania? Mate, I'm just happy Essendon's won a few games, I tell you. Um, but um, <clears throat> they're... Um, look, you're, close, you're actually closer than I am, Jack, and... Um, Look, the Bulldogs' form is uh, in their selection and they've got to decide a Ruckman and they've lost uh, Bruce from full forward and Alex Keyes only just come back. And um, I think we've got a really settled side. And as she said, we've got a few no-names. But as you know, they're wonderful role players. And um, Essendon are fit. They're in form and they're balanced. And um, they're playing with belief. And I reckon... If they don't get spooked by the occasion, I, I think they can win the game. Yeah, can't hard to disagree there, Rob. Obviously, I'm a, a Bombers fan as well, so I'll be going along yep. with that. But what, what's your reaction to, to Tasmania hosting you know, two finals, two AFL finals this weekend? It's a huge opportunity for Tasmanian football fans to get out and see high-level football and show what it might be like as well if we can get this 19th licence well, down the track. It, yeah, look, it's fantastic. Like, it's only 10,000 crowd, I think... Um, if both games were maxed out at 2025, I, I've got no doubt that uh, we would continue to fill these grounds. We saw um, Essendon and Hawthorne. I'm not just saying it about Hawthorne. I'd love yeah. the Tigers to get down there with their, um, with their historical connection to Tasmania. is amazing. And um, I think if we're looking 10 years down the track, five years down the track, and uh, it's Tasmania versus... Um, Tasmania versus Richmond, Tasmania versus Collingwood. Right now, we haven't got a stadium, as you know, to um, to hold the people that will go to those games. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad the ground, the games at York Park. I think it's the best ground um, and the biggest ground for this particular um, event back to back. I do understand the logistics of uh, broadcasting and, and and moving both teams during a COVID team. Uh, between Hobart and um, and Launceston. And I think uh, back-to-back at York Park, I think it's uh, a fantastic move. Sure, you played 51 games for the Mighty Bombers um, through through seven years there. What was your time like um, playing there and, and going going across the or across Bass Strait to, to get there? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Because local footy was very strong back then. Um, and was it a big decision to move to the mainland? No, it's the same decision as you. We didn't have the opportunity. I was 17. I was um, at Elizabeth Matric, and I was approached by Essendon. Um, Mum and Dad were really supportive, like like um, like Chris and Leslie are for you, Jack. And um, so I just went, and um, it was difficult. I got 
injured from day one and, um, you know, I managed to hang in for, well, I think it was nearly nine senior years and um, a couple of years in the, in the under-19s in the reserves. So um, it was a one, it was just a, a great opportunity that, you know, we all aspired to. So um, you take that opportunity. Uh, the 70s for Essendon, we played in three finals. We weren't a successful team, but I was also there at the... Um, at the transition into to Kevin Sheedy, which was um, um, which was fantastic, and history shows what a great decision that was. Yeah, Robert, from your your playing career into your coaching career, just quickly, what's the highlights got to be that um, state of origin win against Victoria in I think nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety, yeah, eighteen thousand North Hobart. Um, yeah, it was nineteen. Yeah, we we had. Can three... you remember how many people went to that? At the North, uh, yeah, there was over eighteen thousand at the yeah. Tasmania Victoria game, and then, oh look, it's an interesting story because we beat Victoria, we lost by a couple of goals in ninety, and then, um, then for some reason they moved us off North Hobart across to Bell Reef. Yeah. Um, even before the full development of Bell Reef, I, I can't remember why they did that, and um, we got beaten by a very strong combined Queensland. Northern Territory side, which included Nathan Buckley and Michael Long and these sort of blokes. Yeah. And um, the next year, we disappeared. That was it. We merged yeah. into, I think, Jack, have you played with the Allies? Uh, I played with the Allies in my uh, last year before I got drafted. Yeah, played uh, one or two games. So that was the Queensland um, ACT yeah. Sydney team. Yes. I've never been able to follow exactly what happened, but one year we had our own state of origin team with our own traditional jumper playing at North Hobart or Belle Reve playing against Victoria. And um, the next the next minute we're gone. We got a letter and say, oh, Tasmania's merged into the Allies. And um, we became part of New South Wales, Queensland and Northern Territory. And honestly believe from that moment, our opportunities to get in a national competition were cut off at the pass. Now, I'm not going to say it was um, orchestrated, but certainly the push then, very strongly, was to go into the uh, the northern markets, as you know, and the and um, at the expense of our own team coming into the competition, which we've been trying now for 30 years. You're somewhat of a, a father figure, Robert, in terms of Tasmanian football um, and the impact that you've had on Tasmanian football. I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about um, the Facebook group you started last year and um, people yep. involved in Tasmanian football, which I think you started just through COVID to get people and keep people connected. How, how much passion have you seen on there for the for the team to, for the state to actually get its own team and, and even the flow on from recently, the, the Carter Report coming out on that Facebook group? Hmm. Um, it's an interesting group because <clears throat> um, it's an older group. Uh, Jack, I know you're in it, and uh, Nick, you know Nick and Tim, they're in it. But um, it's more a you, you're quite right. Sorry to jump around. It was purely and simply welfare. I just got up one day and I started to. And I'm no martyr. I'm no hero. I just started to worry about people, and because uh, we hadn't witness what COVID was and um, and then we found out there were people that were really um, suffering they were lonely, they were even ill 
and then it was basically I started off with my own mates that I went to school with or played with Clarence with or Sandy Bar and I, we got together with 50 blokes and um, just to look after each other and that was the theme. It's not a political, if people want to be political they don't last long. Uh, we've got no agenda, we support um, Tasmanian football, we support the clubs but above all we, we support individuals by reliving um, the past history and what's happened Jack some of the stuff that we have located and found and been promised we're now in discussions with the state government Peter Goodwin to um, somehow um, start up a, a Hall of Fame museum a, a Tasmanian football museum because some of the stuff we've been promised and pledged from families. Can you look after my trophy? Can you look after my dad's premiership uh, jumper? Um, can you look after... We got, in our possession, we've got the jumper from um, 1908 when it was first... Um, the colours were first designed and the, and the map was first put on the, the jumper. And we've got that original jumper in our possessions. Now, those sort of things are priceless. And um, we want to put them somewhere for the people of Tasmania... We don't care whether we put it at Scottsdale, Smithton, Waratah, Southport, or um, or Spring Macquarie Beach Point. out of Macquarie Liverpool. Point. I'm, yeah, well, Tim, Tim and I are thinking exactly the same thing here. We're we're on the bandwagon to push for a new stadium, Robert, at Macquarie Point in there, right yeah. into the city. I'm thinking you could nearly, you just pick how big you want the room. You may, we'll, we'll organise well, it. Well, we want the top floor. All right, you're, the top floor. you're on the top floor there. I'm thinking a Tasmanian, um, Tasmanian. Football, uh, oh, well, I suppose it's a uh, museum um, in yeah. the top floor of, yeah. of, of Mac Point um, Stadium would be absolutely fantastic. It's amazing some of the stuff that has come up on your Facebook group. Facebook group. Oh, no, and the, the, the scrapbooks like <clears throat> um, Tim's grandmother has, um, my mum has um, my dad's and her scrapbooks from 1947 to 1955, a full history of the TFL from in that that decade. Every game, every cutting, um, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it, Tim? It's... Yeah, she hasn't missed much, I'm sure. That's, that's to go with every game of junior football, junior cricket, athletics oh, yeah. meet. On in southern Tasmania in the last 37 years as well, so she has not missed a beat, Nan Short. I suppose it proves the point, though, that the, 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 the case, whilst it is a business case, the Carter Report, the fact yep. that the, the one thing that we have got on our side is we have got the history of AFL. We've got the map from 1908. We've got all these amazing players that have played uh, for Tasmania and then gone to play at VFL, um, SNFL, Waffle level, and played at the highest level. And You've only got to look at the uh, AFL... Um, team of the century, and there is Tasmanians littered through that team, and that mm. just proves, off the back of a strong business report, that history-wise, we should be up in the big leagues. Back to the the game on um, the, the game this weekend. Hey, just a quick one, Jack. Yep. Just a quick one from your experience at Richmond, and uh, this is not a, a pot at the Tigers anyway, because you've seen both extremes of the Richmond Football Club. What Tasmania have got that other teams, clubs. Uh, areas search for we we've already got a history a culture and a tradition already we don't have to search for a dna it's already there we don't have to search for it and you're absolutely right while we have to pay attention to the business case right football is about people and and, and people drive success through culture and history 
and 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 identifying and you know there's no better case i think than than your club you know and and fortunately Tim and I's clubs got it back. It, it disappeared at the Essen Football Club. It just totally disappeared. And this is the first year in quite a while that I've actually looked at my club and said, hey, that looks like Essendon. Anyway, well, that's it's, me. It's been 6,200 <laughs> days since Essendon has won a final. Um, and they'll play, well, they play obviously on Sunday. Yep. With the, do you think it's in the back of their mind the fact that they haven't played? in a winning game in finals for, for such a long time? No, no. This is this is an interesting group. Um, it's driven by the younger group. It's driven by McGrath, Parrish, Langford. Um, who else have we got? Merritt. Um, they're, they're driving the transition from Worsfold's time to Rutten's time. They've taken ownership of it. <clears throat> they, um, and nothing against the two boys, but these boys have grown up in Essendon and um, they got drafted by Essendon, came to Essendon, so they're owning Essendon. They won't have any clue about that apart from what uh, questions are asked in the paper and um, they're, they're going to make their own history and um, I'm, I'm really confident, knowing those boys reasonably well, well particularly Andy McGrath, um, I'm I'm very confident they can um, they can put a, a little bit of a hole in this final series. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. We're, we're jumping back and forth a little bit from the finals in the Carter no. report, but we'll go back to you know, yep. speak so passionately about Tasmanian football. Obviously, with the report being released and now a, finally a decision being made on on well a decision and a timeline. Someone who's you know spoken so vocally about it for such a long time must be thrilled um, that, that we're finally starting to take some steps forward and looks like you know having an AFL team in Tasmania is becoming a reality? It's closer to a reality, but we've got to proceed with caution. You've, um, yep. um, you know, it goes to the 12, uh, the, um, sorry, the 18 club presidents. I don't know why the commission who are elected to, um, to run the game don't, because still, even though um, there's amazing people with integrity as club presidents. Um, it, there's going to be self-interest here. There has got to be self-interest, and and um, like him or hate him, he has put his hand up, Tony Cochran at Gold Coast, and that's about self-interest. That's protecting his brand and um, and, and his finances. We, I think we do have to take a deep breath. I do acknowledge COVID. Um, Jack would know that the people that of Richmond have had to let go, great staff people. Um, Rich, um, Essendon had to cut 40% of their staff. It's put a big hole in, in clubs and it's put a big hole in people. So we do have to acknowledge. And, but as you said, Tim, we only want a timeline. Like we we need that five six seven years to build to upgrade. Goodwin's going to yep. upgrade York Park to first class at another level, and and you're right. We need we need cricket to stay. I think at Bellarive. Tim will know more about that than me. You can have cricket in the. You could even have cricket in the south, footy in the north. That wouldn't worry me. But um, two great stadiums. One at one at Macquarie Point, 
and uh, one at York Park would um, would be you know twenty five thirty five thousand in that ballpark would be filled every week. Sure. Last one before we, we let you go. You've been involved yep. in a, a lot of AFL clubs. Um, you've general yep. manager of Frio. You hear how passionately you speak and um, the, the points that you make about self-interest of other AFL teams. You've also had a bit of an involvement at or at taught at, at Brighton Grammar over here. Which yep. is there? Would you put your hand up to be involved in setting up the team? I mean, you, you tick every box. You you're, you've coached. Um, you've played, you're passionate about Tasmania, you know young men uh, from teaching at Brighton Grammar and you've seen the, the political side of, of AFL as well. Would you put yeah. your hand up to be involved in some capacity? I think what we have to do to the board, you know, there's, there'll be the board and um, <clears throat> I think that board should have a advisory panel of um, experienced people and if you want to use me, the answer is yes. That's where I see my, you know, I'm happy doing what I'm, I'm doing. Um, I'm happy where I am in my life. Um, I follow footy. I follow this, you know. Um, <clears throat> I don't want a, a major involvement in footy. My only passion to get back into an AFL club would be in a development role, Jack. You're quite right. <clears throat> Working with young kids that are transitioning from school to AFL and helping them fill that void with their with their football teaching but I would love to be on an advisory board because um, I'm totally confident um, that we know how and this is the key to your question we know how to set up a good club and I'm not sure when they started up the Gold Coast they knew how to start up a good club and I know GWS were ahead but they did send Mark Williams. They did send Kevin Sheedy. They did send Gubby Allen there. These are hardcore senior footy people. And I know a lot of people have left GWS, but look at the difference. If you set your club up right, if you build the base right, you get the right people, and that's the key, the right people to run your football club. Um, that framework will be built early and the base will last forever. And... We'll struggle in the, on the field for a few years. We'll win a few games. We'll push to the eight in our third year. We might sneak in in our fourth. But that's just footy. That's the least of your worries. Having a great club will will stand the test of time easily. And, yes, I, I would love to be in something like that. Thanks, Mark. Well, well, we won't be selecting who's on it, but we'll, we'll put a word in for you, Rob. But, uh, mate, thanks you, very you much might, for coming on the show. You might know someone... That, Oh, we might do. We might get the Premier back on and we can put you forward. But <laughs> we'll, we'll um, your case, we certainly appreciate having you on the show, mate. It's great to have Tasmanian footy legend and Hall of Famer yep. come on and speak so passionately about our state and the history um, behind our football. So thanks very not, much, mate. Not one, not, not one discussion on cricket. Not one. <laughs> no, well, I get them privately all the, the time. It's the biggest week in footy in Tasmania, sure. We're not talking about cricket at the moment. Thanks for joining us. Righto. See you, Jack. See you, Tim. Thank you. This is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
Welcome back to Jack and Painey. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist and the number one agent in the land or in the Apple Isle. David Flash Lithgow has joined us. Flash, welcome back, mate. How are you? How's things? What an exciting weekend, boys, we've got coming up. It's um, It's been a great week so far, talking through with the local people and we've all been talking about it during the week. Everybody's talking about it. Um, so exciting. And they look to absolutely cracking games as well. And last night's ins and outs probably changed a couple of things for me. Um, can't wait. Very exciting. Well, Flash, of course, we've got two games. Two. Can you believe that we're talking about two AFL finals being played in Tasmania, we, we have been blessed with football this year. We were starved of it last year. But two AFL finals and, of course, your Sydney Swans will be playing the Giants on Saturday, mate. How excited are you? Uh, I'm terribly excited, but I am a little concerned, Nervous. Tim. Well, I, I, I was sort of hoping that one of Mills or Kennedy would come up. Of course, Kendi nicked his hammy a couple of weeks ago, had last week off. The hope was that it was very, very minor and he could come up. Well, he hasn't come up, as we know, and... Callum Mills with that lingering, lingering Achilles issue. Mm. Um, he was sub last week, but I was listening to John Longmire early in the week. I, I guess the feeling was that he put up really well, and I thought perhaps they was more precautionary pulling him off for Fox to go on on the weekend, but they're both out. So we know how good the Giants' midfield is, and Tim, they have had a sensational month themselves. They have. They've been red hot the last month. I, I'm, I'm worried for you, David. I'm not going to lie. So I'm talking about... Callum Mills last week. When I watched him run at that half-time yeah. break, it looked like his season was done there and then, didn't it? It did. They're going through the ins and outs, of course. Chad Warner's come in, so that's a good thing for the Swans. He's a young star. He's a bull. He will need some of that midfield, I guess, class that you've lost. Bill gets his opportunity again. Um, Mills is out, as mentioned. Campbell's out, as well as Fox, who is the sub. He may be the sub again, but of course, Campbell, perhaps, with that spark, could fill that role as well. Um, for the Giants, Reed in green, in which is huge. And I must say, I didn't see that coming. Mumford, of course, what a duel that will be with him and Hickey. Hickey being a re- revelation this year. Out for the Giants is Kenny Briggs, Brune and O'Halloran. Um, the ruck duel, Jack, is one I can't wait for, Hickey and Mumford in particular. Tom Hickey's taken massive steps forward this year. I huge. was really, well, he played really well against us in about, sort of round five or six um, he's just been well. He's been a bit of a journeyman, but now he's playing good footy, and he fits the way the Swans play. I want to take you to the forward line, Flash Lance Buddy Franklin. Uh, he sits eight goals away from one thousand goals. He's famously kicked a lot of goals at York Park. Do you think he could kick eight and get to a thousand in this final? And if he does, they win surely. It'll be one we talk about in thirty years' time. Hutto's call that time of the thirteen. Well, eight's nothing in comparison to thirteen. Look. He kicked six last week. He missed the week before, had a rest. I wanted him to have a rest a couple of weeks ago, but he did look a bit light on his toes last week. Can he kick a bag of eight? Well, of course he can. Is it likely? Probably not. But it really, you go into a game like this, a, a cutthroat elimination, this is this is Lance Franklin, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I mean, he could do... He could do anything. I, I just, I'm just really concerned about that midfield dominance, and I wonder if that's internally the Swans' biggest issue for this weekend as well. Do you think Sam Reid may have been brought in to, to play a role on, say, Luke Parker? Because, as you mentioned, Swans are a little bit thinner than they'd like to be through that midfield. And Reid's an interesting inclusion. He's, he's been a tagger in the past and played on those sort of types of plays. He plays on Kane Lambert a little bit when he plays against the Tigers. Is he the one to, to come in and, and, and um, the, the Giants are looking at to lock down Parker? If we, we can lock down Parker, we're 
really stopping the Swans' midfield. And that's the problem, isn't it, when you don't have those other two star midfields. Mills has become that this year, and Kennedy's been like that for the best part of 13 or 14 years. Parker's going to have a big job. He just keeps getting the job read. Like, he misses time during the season. Um, he's done this the last four or five years. I think he's been a rookie three times, and he keeps coming back in. They put him on the big jobs in September, don't they? All right, boys. Tips, what are we thinking? I'm, I'm going to go... I think the Giants will win. They're playing good footy, but I like the winner of this game to go deep, so... In the finals, I'm going to tip the Giants by 15 points. Flash, who are you? I'm going the Giants as well, Jack. Sorry, Flash. Giants by 17 points. I may have my cheerleader hat on because I actually nearly have changed my mind. But I'm going the Swans by five, Lance with six, and he'll look to kick a couple maybe in Hobart next weekend. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be good. Let's head to Sunday uh, and Paney's Mob, the uh, Essendon Football Club, will be taking on the Western Bulldogs. And they've recently played uh, these two teams in the last month. And, of course, Essendon did a bit of a number on the Bulldogs there. And the Bulldogs coming in off three losses. Um, what do we see here, Flash and Paney? What are your thoughts? Uh, Caldwell's the, the big one straight away. I mean, he, he, looked, he looked electric early in the when year. When was his last game? I, look, I want to say I want to say round four. You've caught me without looking, but it was very early on. He had a wonderful first month. Yeah. Um, Gleeson as well. Phillips was the interesting one, Jack. They brought in the second ruckman, um, and we know, of course, with the dogs as Gardner, Scott, West have come in. Now we've got to, that is the squads at this stage. That may change, but no Steph Martin. So I, I'm really bullish on Draper's role hmm. this weekend. You know, 22 years of age. He's big, he's hard, and I think he can run around. And, of course, the problem is English, you've got to take him out of that forward line. Who's going to kick the goals for the dogs? And English is going to have to ruck most of the game. That's a really interesting little subplot in that game. It is. It's an interesting selection. I I like Sam Draper. I think he's probably been the catalyst, uh, along with Darcy Parrish, in this, well, I suppose, the resurgence of the Essendon Football Club and the way they've they've really charged into finals and won some games and won some games well. I'm interested to get your take on Marcus Bontempelli. He's probably been a little bit of a, uh, well, I say victim, but he's probably been hampered in terms of where he's being played due to the fact that um, we've had, the, the Bulldogs have obviously had the injury to Josh Bruce. Um, they haven't had Stefan Martin there to play in the ruck, so they've been playing Tim English a little bit around the ground, and Bontempelli's had to push forward. Hasn't had his usual output over the last month, Flash. Where would you play him? Where would you stick him? Captain of well, they've front. named Young as the first ruck, and I think straight away that's not going to be right. So English is English will start in the ruck. I feel like he's got to kick some goals this week. I mean, where are the goals going to come from? And that's the big question mark with the Dogs. Their last month has been quiet. It's not just Bont and Pelly. Smith has been down. Um, you know, we know Trelaw and Dunkley miss so much footy. I feel like Dunkley should be better again for the run last weekend. But I look, I don't know. I'm super bullish on the Bombers. I can't believe I'm saying that. How many days, Jack? What is it since their last finals win? Well over 6,000. 6,231? 6, I don't know. This is a guess. What is it? It's over 6,200. You've got the numbers. 6,202, we think. So will we Long wake time. up Tim Payne? You, Essendon, I'm going to say Essendon cheerleader. I've got to be privately the last few years. You've been seething mm-hmm. about your Bombers. Um, what's changed? And why can they um, win? Well, I think we're going to win because we're just playing better footy at the moment. I think if you look at the form of both sides, we're going in with some confidence. The Bulldogs aren't. What's changed? I think the coaching structure, the buy into the team plan, um, perhaps the confusion of having two coaches trying to run the show last year. But you can see that Truck Rutten's having, and Blake Carousella are having a real effect on the playing group. They've bought in. 
Um, and, yeah, I'm very bullish. I think we're looking the goods. I can't wait to get up there on Sunday. I am saying Essendon by 32 points. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go Essendon by 20. And I've got a massive, massive watch on Jake Stringer and Peter Wright up forward. They get some juicy matchups in my eyes. And I think two-metre Peter could have a day out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got the... Uh, got. Got Essendon winning. What about you, Flash? You kicked your bag against them last time, of course, as well. I've got I've got the Bombers by 21 points. So, golly, we're all in on the on the red and black. Um, Quick work for the other two games, yep, boys. Give us the other two. Port- we don't really care about them as much, Flash, because they're not being played in Tasmania. Well, I don't know why no. they're not being played there, but give us give us a quick ins and outs of the other two games. Yeah, in for Porter's Fantasia. In for Geelong is Duncan. The outs is Georgiatis and Mays for Port Adelaide. I did that around the wrong way, didn't I? And Holmes and Higgins, not in the team... Tonight, I wonder whether he'll be subbing in. I guess it probably it comes to you, down to David. a fitness thing, doesn't it? I put it to you that Chris Scott is the master, the master of the late in. The late out is always <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Sean Higgins will st- will play. Put it, put put your absolute. Oh, don't put your house on it, but he will. I reckon he will be playing. Another uh, diary starting there, please. Starting yep. the okay. Put that one. Uh, put that one, and we can talk about it next week. And the. Uh, Oh, of course, Tom Hawkins' three-hundredth game, which is a fantastic achievement. Three. What a good games. year he's had too. Massive, massive year. Uh, talk about the D's and the Lions. A big in for the D for the Lions. Sorry, Tassie boy Mitch Robinson makes his way back. And Harrison Andrews as well, which is equally as important. He hasn't had quite the year perhaps he did last year, but such a key pillar defensively. Uh, this is a fascinating game. Lions have found their mojo. I think the Demons are favourite to win the premiership as we stand, and I think they'll get the job done. By twenty three points. Well, there you go. I've got the I've got the port I've got Port to win, and I think the Demons will win. What about you, Payne? In those two, I'm games? going with the Cats. Can't stand Port Adelaide. We'll never tip them. And I'm going for the Brisbane Lions in a ball over. I'm sticking sticking with our Tasmanian man Fags. I think he'll get them over the line. Do we get a game next weekend or not? Yes uh, or no, Jack? Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. I think the results are going but I think we are going to have a semi final, which is big for footy. Flash. What else is on the uh, agenda for Tasmanian sport at the moment? Oh, I'm very fascinated in the earlier conversations around David Teague, the test captain, <laughs> certainly going from the, the long run. Uh, I found it fascinating, probably quite justifiable, Tim. Um, what did you see with it, Jack? It's an interesting situation. Is it Carlton? Let's go through the coaches with Teague now and Bolton and Malthouse and Ratton and all of them at different times criticised in many different ways. Two things. I think Brendan Bolton's legacy looks better by the day, but... What do you mean Gosh, by that, been a mess. What do you mean by that? Well, I think we touched on it last week or the week before, and I remember at the start of this year when I mean, the Teague train, in absolute fairness, has been all aboard for a couple of years, hasn't it? There's a real bullish nature about everything that's happened with David, and I guess that's on the back of that young list, Jack, that's been looking promising and that Brendan Bolton left two years ago. And, of course, the conversation earlier year with David King was the defensive aspect, sure, he got that going, but you forgot to attack. Well, I look at their team now, Tim and Jack, and they, they, they need to defend again. And then the conversation with that was that it's easy to defend and harder to attack. Well, I'm not sure about that. And in terms of the club itself, goodness me, haven't they handled this just appallingly? Well, they have. There's no doubt about that. We did touch on that earlier. And I think that's where it stems from. I think this is a deeper issue than David T or Brendan Bolt. This is, this is cultural. It's systematic. Um, I think I heard someone say that, that earlier in the week the fish rots at the head, and I think Colton's a fine example of that at the moment. There needs to be wholesale changes to that club before they move forward. And is it, Jack, just a simple two? With, we know the financial 
um, power there over the many years going back to the 70s and 80s. I mean, do they still have too much power, perhaps? I don't know. I, I think for the one thing I can say is that, that they've got the talent there. So for the next person that does come in to coach Carlton, they've, you, you've only got to look at this year's All-Australian side. got the key forward there, or All-Australian 40, sorry. You've got, a, you've got the common medalist, you've got a key back. They're two really important pillars there. They've got plenty of good midfielders. Sam Walsh, obviously, um, is the captain of the under-22 All-Australian side. So like you, you look at those... Players there, the pieces of the puzzle are there. They just need the person to to that can put the puzzle together. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm a bit more bullish on where they are at as a side. I reckon they've just got to get it right. They've got to find the one thing that connects their group together, um, and probably connects their off field and their on field, and 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 they could be going, they could be going pretty good. The, the one thing I did see on our rundown here, it said the Carlton situation. Uh, is that the, is that what we're speaking about here, or is there another Carlton situation that's there? Is another the big situation. Ah, uh, yes. You, you've touched on an exciting role at Carlton Footy Club head coach. I'll tell you another exciting role, which is the all-Tasmanian AFL player best 22 that was picked this week by our friends. At so the, current uh, players. Current in, players playing yep. in the AFL, picked by our, one of our mm. favourite Twitter handles, the, yep. the Tasmanian AFL team, who we are huge fans of. Had a of, big year. Huge fans of on this show. Came across my desk, though, that our esteemed colleague, Jack, has been overlooked for well, the for captaincy the oh, for Colton's Liam Jones. I nearly fell off my chair. I'm not going to lie to you. I nearly fell off my chair. I was eating breakfast with Charlie Payne at home. The tweet came up. And as I said, we're big fans of them. They give us a lot of uh, a lot of ammunition. But I think they've missed the mark there by my... Unless Liam da- Liam's dad is running that twiddle hand, I don't know what's happened. A couple of things. Liam's had a sensational year, by the way. But um, I would find it very hard to believe that Jack yourself doesn't believe you are absolutely the right man for that job and you want to be the skipper. <laughs> And don't pretend on radio. I know we're national radio going around the world now that you wouldn't. <laughs> Turn it up, boys. Turn it up. There's <laughs> quite happy. I've, I've played the role of vice captain for a while now, and, and I am very well, happy to play second fiddle for, for... Maybe they're using you as a mentor. That could have been the angle. What do you You, you mentor Liam into the role. <laughs> okay, okay, radio. Well, that's, well when, when, this, when the team does come around, and if I'm still playing in five years' time, and hopefully the team does come, I'll... I'll take the vice-captaincy role. By the way, I, I watching that team roll out yesterday, the 22 and unders team as well, how the dickens was Tarrant Thomas not in that team? Oh, it didn't make it. Are you serious? Who picked it? Oh, it's... He's we'll had get a great him on the show year. next week. He's had a great year, Tarrant Thomas. Um, yep. I've said, yep, absolutely. And he stood up, you know, I remember the game early in the year against Christian Petrarca and he went head-to-head with him and he didn't destroy Petrarca by any stretch of the imagination, but... I thought he got his number, and physically this year is where he's gone to another level. And the thing with him is, I think going forward, he's going to take hangers. He's got that part of his game there, and I've found that absolutely staggering. Flash, the timeline set for the Tassie team. The can has been kicked down the road, but it has found a curb, and we now know that we're going to find out when the... uh, or when the Presidents will vote, which is early 2022. What have you made of that? It's very exciting, and, and I'm all positive for it. Tim and I talked earlier in the week about it, and you've got the same feeling with it. it. I think Peter Gutman's done a tremendous job on behalf of the Tasmanian people, and he's he's had a goal. We've talked about this for a number of weeks, and since we got him on the first show, he has been focused on it, fixated on it, and he's really been staunch. He's been strong with COVID in terms of leaving the other clubs out of North Melbourne, not letting them in last year at certain times. Well... On the back of that, we know about this weekend, of course, the momentum you can build off that. 
terribly exciting. And I guess in terms of the program, the VFL program, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to take shape from from next year onwards. And it's very exciting. And again, it's all about now for Tasmanian kids, giving them the opportunity to, to play footy, the boys and girls, something to strive for. And I feel like without question that we're looking absolutely on track now. Now, Jack, did you and um, Peter have the same media PR this week, by the way? Because I don't know if you're aware, you basically quoted each other. You nearly had the exact same thing. Have you heard Peter going in Parliament talking about giving Tasmanian kids a vision and a dream of being able to see? And then next night, Jack was same thing. I thought that maybe you'd been sharing the same PR, but um, as well, David said, the Premier's been the fantastic. The Premier, maybe it's um, maybe he's, he's, he's taken it from you. Very, very smart man. Very, very smart man. One area I want to focus on, Flash, is the Hurricanes. At BBL is uh, we're on the eve of the BBL. We're not far away, and we have been teasing this for a little bit. Uh, and news has dropped today that James Faulkner, the catfish James Faulkner, will not uh, will not be playing for the Hurricanes this year. It's pretty disappointing. Yeah, made official by the coach, Adam Griffith, yesterday. Um, it, it is disappointing, and certainly as far as the negotiations we, to go, we're not privy to that as well. But look, he, he's he's got so much to offer still in cricket, and I think that's where the question lies, is how much cricket has James got? We've seen the injuries the last couple of years, but we've also seen some terrific cricket. And I think, you know, a disappointment shared by us all. I, I must confess, I am interested in young Josh Can though. The, yep. What can you tell us about this hard-hitting all-rounder? He sounds really exciting. He is exciting. He's a he's a big boy. Um, I th- I'd say Jimmy's more now your bowling all-rounder. I yep. think Josh is more a batting all-rounder. If you've seen a young Mitch Owen, who, who's around the Tasmanian squad and played a game for the Hobart Hurricanes last year, he's more in that vein. He's, yes. a, he's probably a 6-7, gives it a whack, um, and can come on and bowl through the middle. Um, I'd say his batting's probably more ready to go than his bowling at this stage. But, um, yeah, he's an exciting signing. I was up in Darwin with him a couple of weeks ago. He gives it a whack. He plays spin well. What's um, his, where's his area? Down the ground or is he? We can hit him miles. Yep. 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 He, he's yep. a bit fun. He goes to mid-wicket against the quicks. Yeah, uh, but he, he, for a young player, played the spinners very well. Hits it miles. And, of course, Jack Sandeep, Lamachane, stuck, signed on as well, the leg in. He, look, he's terribly exciting. It's great to see the Nepalese cricketer. Um, back in the Hurricanes colour. It's a big year. It's um, Obviously, I think it's Adam Griffith's last year in terms of his contract, so pressure's on everybody. There's been some disappointing times and with the Hurricanes, but I do think they've got a list that can absolutely contend still. Um, we've, we've been really pushing agendas here on this radio show, and we've been very lucky to... Um, to have some great guests on board. and We've, we've obviously, Flash, you put the Giants-Swans uh, game on the agenda last week. W- one thing I'd like to chuck on the agenda and get your thoughts on both of you, and certainly yours, Tim, uh, current, uh, cli- the current climate of, of Af- Afghanistan and the political situation that's happening over there. Um, sees the, is there any doubt that the test between um, Afghanistan and Australia will go ahead in, in, in Belrive? Is that uh, still on the radar, Payne, or have you heard anything contrary to, to that? No, I haven't heard anything, um, but you would imagine that there's got to be some doubt. Um, watching what's going on, obviously, in that part of the world is is terrible. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I think that'll be something that'll probably come up with the ICC at some stage, um, whether or not they'll be sort of still sanctioned to play international cricket. Who, who knows with, with what's happening? But, um, 
yeah, it's, it's disappointing. We obviously, I would love to play a home test, but that's maybe where we can push um, now with what's going on in the other states as well. If if it doesn't come along and Afghanistan can't make it out here, then um, I think we become a genuine option for for one of the Ashes test test matches, which would be. Um, would be huge. Well, we obviously haven't got the figures today from New South Wales, but yesterday over a thousand people with yeah. COVID, which is dreadful in itself, and certainly something we're not going to make light of. But surely that pushes the angle going forward. Okay, if there's no test here, well, come to the sporting capital of the world. Why not? If you're going to not play the Sydney Test, why wouldn't Bill Reid become the logical option? Um, it's COVID-free at this stage. Touch wood. We certainly hope that continues. Uh, you've got the test captain involved here. And you know what doesn't get talked about enough? It's a darn good cricket wicket, you know. And I reckon as well, done correctly for five days. And the concern was sometimes last year it was a bit flat on day four at times, wasn't it? But you'll get that right in a five-day test. And it's on the agenda. Absolutely, Jack. Well, one of the things that we've seen, well, we've become used to now in the Australian sporting landscape is uh games of sport going in front of no crowds how disappointing would it be for the for the pink test uh, and the Jay McGrath Foundation to not have a crowd at, at that game and just I mean the scenes that you see from the crowd dressing up obviously commentators dress up it would be a really it would be really disappointing if it was played in front of no crowd and I, I think the people of Tasmania would get yep. right behind that and oh absolutely so fa- there'd be some fantastic scenes at Bellary Vival if that was to come true yeah, absolutely. And and let's be honest, like no one wants to be playing any sport, footy, cricket, basketball without crowds. That that's the first. But when Tasmania sits here as an option and it is avoidable that we do, we can play a huge test match with a big crowd in front of um in in front of a big live audience in Tasmania instead of playing in front of an empty stadium, it, it's gotta make sense. I know there's obviously money involved with the broadcasters and um and different things like that, but I think when it's avoidable and you've got an option to play Test cricket or AFL football in crowds like the AFL are doing this week, I think you take the opportunity to do it. I think so. And the other thing with that is, of course, look at the WBBL. It starts in October, November. Most of the games situated uh, in Sydney. I spoke to a Cricket Taz official yesterday. Already several games here in Tasmania, October, November, looking to get some more as well. So the flow and effects for all the sports. And look, Tasmania, it's so exciting for this weekend. We've already talked about it. But Golly, I mean, what an what an opportunity! Um, Flash the the I've been watching closely the Instagram page of the Jack Jumpers and the players are slowly rolling in. They've all been getting Mazdas, I can see as well. So, yeah, it's just going down to Hobart Mazda and jumping in one and driving out. So they're obviously a proud partner of the Jack Jumpers there. But Flash, what can you tell us on the Jack Jumpers uh, front? I know the uh, start date's been pushed back. It has, and hubs again. So we're talking about the Sydney Kings, potentially the Illawarra Hawks um, coming down here for a short period of time at the start of the season. So, again, what an opportunity to really get some more local professional sport. i tell you what, the good news is with our program here, um, we're going to have a lot to talk about over the next few months. It's very exciting, but obviously the list is done. In terms of competitiveness, it's really hard to say. Um, looking forward to the contest. I can't wait to get there. And this is, again, back to the AFL thing. They've already missed the boat here. And the Hurricanes, you know, are going well. The Jack Jumpers are just waiting there to pounce and take a lot of this focus from the kids. And I look, this is this is more the reason that the AFL have had to get the whips cracking as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Do we, is it likely the My State Arena will be open for that? I hope if they were to. 
The potential's there, absolutely. Yeah. The potential's there, and they've already had sort of brief talks um, with the Hawks, with the Kings, and what we're seeing over there is dreadful, and you can't. that's not going to bring those numbers down for a period of time. So potentially, cross fingers for us, a bonanza of sport over the next few months. Flash, I've got a question in regards to the Jack Jumpers. Do they have a number one ticket holder yet, or is that position still vacant? Well, I'd be shocked if both of you two haven't already sent an application. <laughs> I mean, the... The egos that I'm surrounded with here are very significant. Be well, very clear about that. You're a very good crystal, so, crystal baller. Let's put it this way. It won't be me if there's any of us in this little room. Who, who, who do you reckon will be the number one ticket holder? Will it be the Premier or will the Australian Test cricket captain trump him? Well, he's one from one from mid-court mm-hmm. um, of recent years down there. So, um, look, you tell me. Is that some, a job you're looking for? Oh, I mean, you've got a pretty important know. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all come out in good time when they've made their yeah, decisions. So they've got a list to get together first and get their players down, and then we'll, we'll take care of that. Have a look at his face. There's something happening there. <laughs> yeah, well, AFL finals are being played in Tasmania this week, but, of course, the TSL finals are being played as well. Uh, we've got North Launceston versus Launceston. I assume that game may have been shifted from York Park. Flash, is that correct? It has, yeah. So that's slipped out the road to Windsor Park. And isn't that what a great rivalry it is? It's great for Northern Tasmanian people to see that on again. Launceston just appear a little bit better, don't they? What we've seen from North Lonnie this year is the usual consistent footy. And they, they replaced so many players at the start of the season. They've got a lot of youth. And I guess... Finals footy can really bring some excitement and surprises, but I think Launceston will win quite comfortably. And then Clarence and Kingborough is an interesting one. Is it Clarence's form? We talked about this last week. For the last five weeks, has been sensational. But they've both beaten each other um, through the year. That's a really interesting game of footy. We played at the back here at Blunston Oval, of course. Yep, I'm with you on the first one. I think Launceston will win that comfortably. And I, I tend to agree with Damien Gill, the AFL TAS CEO, who came on early that Clarence's best footy is probably the second best team and closest to beating so. Launceston. I think so, so. I'm going to go Launceston by 40 points at home. And wow. I'm going to go Clarence by six goals against Kingborough. Yeah, I had 38 points. So I was pretty close with you. And I've got Clarence spanking the Tigers by 53 points. I loved their last month. And and again, on the back of Webberly resigning, um, and obviously an amicable thing, but yep. gosh, he's left the list in good hands, hasn't he? They look on the up. They are. They've got some good young talent. They've got Colin Garland back playing some good footy as yep. well. And obviously a player he's of his talent. He's still a good player, by the way. Yeah. I saw enough of that last week. He's... Yeah, he's a bit better than most. He can win him a final off his own boot. I agree. Well, Flash, thank you for joining us again, mate. We really do appreciate your time here. And, uh, well, best of luck to your Swannies, boys. Uh, you are, you're, 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 they've got a big presence down here, the Sydney Swans, and you'll be there cheerleading, no doubt. Well, you said to me before, I think the Giants' uh, defence will be too good. So you've dismissed Heaney, Papley, Franklin, and... Or Will Hayward, who hasn't missed a goal for the last six or eight. Well, that's a terrific game of footy, as we talked about, and I can't wait for it. Well, fair, well keep, your, keep your eyes open on, on Fox footy. Buddy on a Thousand. Uh, buddy just a Thousand. If, if he does kick it, Flash will be the first bloke out there hugging him in his song after the game. <laughs> Thank you, Flash, for joining us again, mate. Good to see Good you guys. Well, Payne, that's it. That's another, uh, another episode in the can, mate. Um, been a bloody good episode, too. Yeah, it was. Flash let us down a little bit late, but apart from that, I think there's been some improvement over the uh, over the course, Jack, so it's been good fun. Well, best of luck to your Bombers, mate. Go up there, enjoy those two beers. Um, cheer hard. Cheer hard. I, know, I don't know anyone, anyone will be cheering harder than Flash in the game on Saturday, but you'll be cheering hard Sunday, and we'll be back here right on SEN Hobart.
next Friday at 7am.